But uh, I really want you to encourage, those signs shall follow them that believe. That's you. Those signs shall follow them. Now, we got the new tongues part. Okay, yeah, we got that. They said we should cast out devils. You have to understand the power and authority that is in you. As I said before, Hollywood has done a great picture glorifying evil where believers are literally intimidated. Really, some are afraid to engage a devil on that level because of what Hollywood has put into the mind. So today, the title, I'm going to give you the title of this word. The title of this word is Armor Up and Release the Warrior. Armor Up and release the warrior. The thing with a spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare is a very, very, very real and a very active thing. And the thing is, what I really begin to sense that many believers don't really comprehend the level of how real spiritual warfare is. Spiritual warfare is more realer than me looking at you right now. Spiritual warfare is this thing that goes on around us every single day of our lives. There's a war raging around you. Some may have that gifting where they'll be able to see into the spirit realm. God will allow you to see things in the spirit. You may see demons. You may see angels. You may see things movement, right, inside of the spirit realm. Now, I want you to understand these things are real. But as a believer, it is nothing for you to be intimidated by it. Because his Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, lives and dwells and abides inside of you. Right? Christ said, greater works shall you do, because I go into the Father. Greater works. Christ healed. Christ, he cast out demons. Sometimes, and sometimes when Christ just came in, when Christ just came on the scene, without speaking a word, the demons began to cry out. They said, greater work shall you do. Do you really believe that you can do greater works? Now, I ask that question because we look at Christ and he's done these great works, but Christ himself said it. Christ said it. Nobody else said it. Christ said it. He said, greater works shall you do. This thing with spiritual warfare, again, spiritual warfare is more real than many believers actually realize. And I make this statement. So, before I today. So, I gave you if you don't have one, make sure you get it before you leave. I gave you this army man. I gave you this dog tag. It's called dog. In the dog tag. So, but when you leave, I really encourage you to put it someplace in your house. Maybe at your mirror, maybe in your bathroom, wherever. So when you see it, it will be a reminder that, th that you are in spiritual warfare. But you got to understand with you being in spiritual warfare, you already have the victory because Christ already won the battle. We just have to walk it out. Right? You, we as believers, we just have to walk out the finished work of Christ. So spiritual warfare is not this, ooh, this spooky thing. Oh, I'm afraid of a demon. This, they're going to get on me. God is calling us to rise up, to rise above all of this stuff. I remember I spoke to this message a while back about rise above all the noise. There's a lot of noise when it comes to spiritual warfare. Because our adversary, the enemy, the devil, demons, they want to intimidate you. They want to intimidate us. 
right? But we have to know that we have the power over him. The Bible says that we perish for a lack of knowledge. So it's important that we are equipped with the knowledge and the foresight, the insight, the um, divine revelation, uh, I should say the um, divine illumination of the written revelation of God. There are things in the Bible for many years that was there that I read it and didn't understand. Especially in the era of spiritual warfare. And so it's very, very, very important as we move forward, we're going to just kind of, I'm going to go over a very common scripture that many of us probably can quote. But the Lord and the Holy Ghost began to give us a little bit different insight into it, right? So, again, so, inside of the military, I mean, I got some military people in there. I mean, you were in the military in here? One, two, three, three, four, myself. So, some of you may know, this answer, I know the ones in the military know. What, and what is a smoke screen? What is a smoke screen? In, uh, let's take it in war. What is, what is a, a smoke screen? It's used for diversion. Okay. Anybody else? A signal. Okay. Covering. Mm-hmm. Smoke screen, a diversion, a covering. That's where I was looking for, covering. Let me demonstrate how it works. If there is a line of troops moving across an open area, right, they're over here, and they need to get to this other side. It's an open area, there's no trees. Let's say these, these walls, it's a, uh, let's say this is a tree line, and this is an open area, and the next tree line is over there. Let's say this is a road, and we need to get across this road most effective way that we can. But there's an enemy out there that may have some snipers waiting out there, maybe farther down in a tree line, waiting for us to come across. You have these canisters, smoke, they can be different colors. You can take them and you can toss them out there and it creates a wall of smoke. So then, a sniper cannot, they don't know if you're crossing at that moment or not. Maybe you let that smoke get going and it's going to cover like a big area. I mean, that smoke is thick. It'd be different colors. It can be uh, white, uh, what, yellow, green, red. And then what happens is, once that area is covered with smoke, then they go across quickly. They'll go f- across where they would not be seen crossing the road. Now, that's very important. That's very important when it comes to spiritual warfare as well. Because, see, your enemy will release a smoke screen. So, in a smoke screen is, um, a smoke screen is when smoke is released to mask or to hide or to or to um, or to um, or to um, to um, to um, conceal the movement of a military unit, right? Is there to hide the movement? Now, the enemy has a smoke stream as well. Right, just, the enemy is a spirit. Therefore, he needs a body. We have God the Father, the Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit that lives and dwells inside of us. They need, every spirit needs a body to operate through. That's why when Christ left this earth, he said, I will send you another comforter that shall be with you and shall be in you. The Holy Spirit operates in us as we say, like we are his hands and feet in the earth, right? So likewise, a demon, a demonic spirit, they need a body to operate through. 
And the way that we as believers sometimes, a smoke screen goes up. And, and um, this thing about spiritual warfare, sometimes we look at spiritual warfare, we waiting for this something to like manifest before us, right? But the enemy puts up a smoke screen when your attention is taken away from who your true enemy is and your enemy gets on this person mm-hmm. right here. The Bible says we fight not against, but against mm-hmm, and wickedness in high places. So the moment that your eyes shift onto a person, they did this to me, you are already behind the curve in spiritual warfare. Because if the enemy can get your eyes set on an individual, he just put a massive smoke screen right before you because you are no longer focused on him, but you're focused on that person. That person right there hurt me, they said, they talking about me. Yeah, I know they talking about me. Some of you have a gift of discernment. Some of you got some spiritual gifts. And sometimes they, sometimes they kick in and the Holy Ghost will show you something. Right. But everybody in God and some people just, mm-hmm, I know they talk and <laughs> the Holy Spirit ain't saying nothing. But there are times the Holy Spirit will reveal things. But what are you going to do with that information? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to go before the Father Begin to pray, begin to speak. I heard somebody recently said about praying for your enemies. Are you going to pray? Are you going to intercede? Are you going to, are you going to, oh, you said that, right? Yep, said last week. Yeah, about praying for your enemies. What are you going to do with that information? Are you going to see the enemy as he is? Or are you going to look at this person, that this person has done this thing to you? Because the enemy uses that's a classic move of the enemy to get your eyes on a person. Because once you get your eyes on that individual, the enemy is already making ground. He's making up ground. And, and as I said, we're going to talk about a real familiar scripture. Lord, show me, some, show me some different things I want to actually go into. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Now I know where we're going, right? Go to Ephesians chapter 6. And we are going to go to verse 10. Verse 10 through 18. I'm going to just read it entirely and then I'm going to kind of go back into it. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. And it reads, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. In verse 13, and wherefore, take unto ye the whole armor of God, that, that you may be able to stand, that you may be able to, to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girded about the truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shone with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all, all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, I'm sure we all have read that. Many of us pretty much know it by heart. I kind of mentioned it earlier. Some of you kind of went through and quoted what I was saying without even actually looking at it, right? It's something that many of us, we have 
that uh, we have studied, we have already looked at, right? So I want to go to verse 10. I'm going to kind of, I'm just kind of, I'm going to break this down in chunks a little bit. Verse 10, it says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on whole armor of God that you be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I'll stop right there for a second. It says against the wiles of the devil. Against his plans and against his trickery. The enemy always, the enemy, most of the time, he always operate initially in camouflage. He tried to operate in secret. So he wants to trick, he wants to deceive us, right? So the Bible says for us to put on the whole armor of God so that we'd be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. That's one. That's the first thing, against principalities. A principality is a demonic entity or power that has, in a sense, delegated authority. Delegated authority. Let me kind of read. So first, so first we have the principalities. Second, we have powers. Third, we have rulers of darkness of this world. The fourth, we have spiritual wickedness in high places. So what we just saw, let me ask you this. Can anyone tell me? Can anyone tell me what rank and file is as far as the military term? In rank and file. I know you military people got me tell me. Huh? Degrees of power. Degrees of power. Okay. Anyone else? Degrees of authority, right. So you have from your private, you have up to your general. Those are the right degrees of authority. Whenever you have in a formation, you have you may have like a platoon sergeant up front. Uh, maybe you have um, you have like a squad leader, maybe. It may be maybe a sergeant, it could be a sergeant here or one it could be a corporate E4 and so forth. And then they line up according to their rank. From the highest all the way down to like lawyers, rank and file. What we just read here is a demonic structure of rank and file. We have principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and speaking, and you have spiritual wickedness in high places. So you got to understand this is the enemy is strategic in his movement. Most of the time, when you get attacked with, you get hit with spiritual warfare. See, some, this is what a lot of believers say. Well, somebody spoke me back, you know, I'm not feeling and I'm under attack. Well, you've been under attack way before that. <laughs> you under attack right now. So, you got to understand, right? Demonic forces, you, we just read it. It's rank and file. They have order. So let's bring it this way. When Satan rebelled against God, you know, refers to him as a dragon, and his tail poured down a third of the stars, right? A third of the angels that fell with him. Those are demons. Satan developed a structure, right? Most of the time, we, we are not dealing with no principalities and the stuff we're dealing with. We're not dealing with no principalities. We're dealing with some spiritual weakness in high places. But you have, you have to remember where the Bible says that you are seated. The Bible says that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places, high above all principalities. And it listens. You are seated above them. So your spiritual authority here in the earth 
it it um it um supersedes any demonic power any of them because of the holy spirit that lives inside of you right now in verse 13 it says a forth that word forth what i began to hear forth after it listed you know it says verse 12 for we rest not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rules of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places verse 13 wherefore meaning now I went that forth, and when I was sitting I kind of stopped right there wherefore and what and what and what the Lord really began to say to me because of that do this right because there is a demonic rank and foul that has waged war against you because of that it says wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God so 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 it's so important that you put on the armor of God now I know we you know like as kids you know those who went to church or even now we may have like a little song about putting on the whole armor of God, right? And sometimes we have watered that down, but that's just for little kids, you know, have a little song, you know, have a helmet, and, you know, they do their little skits. But you have to understand the magnitude of what has been said. It said, because of these four demonic rank and foul is coming against you, Therefore, take on the whole armor of God. So, you got to put the whole armor on. You have to put it on the whole armor. Let me read through it. It's a forth, take it, in verse 13, forth, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand with stand in the evil day. Having done all to stand, stand. Do you think we are living in an evil time right now? So if we are living in a, in a, you know how important it is for us to understand the armor of God. How important it is. It is beyond this little skit. The kids are looking cute. Oh, they're so cute. We have to put on the whole armor of God. We have to get past this song. Um, we have to most of the time when we talk about again, let's go back to the kids. Most of the time we talk about oh my God, most of the time we hear about another guy, the kids doing like a little skit. But you know how serious this is. There is a demonic army after he after 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 the word describes it, it says wherefore put on the whole armor. I'm I, I'm saying this. I'm saying it over again, and I'm saying it over. I want you to understand the importance of it. I want you to understand the importance of putting on the whole armor. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And the righteousness. So what I want to do. Now I read, I read our down through verse 16 earlier. But I kind of want to take it, I'm going to, between verse 13 and verse 16, Verse 13, verse 17, sorry. I want to kind of set in this scene right here. But I want to drop down and I'll work my way back up. I'm going to go to verse 16. Let's, go to, let's look at verse 16 there. Ephesians chapter 6. We'll look at, we're going to focus in on verse 16. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith, Wherewith ye shall be able to quench 
all the fiery darts of the wicked. Okay, this is how some people act like. This is what it seemed like they seemed. Wherefore, you shall be able to quench some of the darts. I don't know. The enemy is so powerful. Huh? The word says, <laughs> above all, above all that stuff that was just mentioned, above all of that, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery, all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now watch this. When I was studying this, it says all the fiery darts of the wicked. What is the last level of that demonic rank and file? Spiritual wickedness bred in high places. So you got to understand, some of this stuff that we're fighting, we are literally fighting the lowest level of demonic powers. When, when those fiery darts are being released. Now, with the fiery darts, in time, they would take a bow and arrow, they have a fire on the end, they would shoot it, release, release it over the wall into a camp to set a camp on fire. Or to set something on fire. Right? He said, with the shield of faith, you shall quench all fiery darts, not some. So your faith will quench those things. Now, now you know, in Bible study, we're talking about the strongs. We're talking about like we have been talking about we have been talking about like the blue letter Bible going into the Greek inside of the Hebrew, right? This word "quench" means to extinguish literally or figuratively, right? When something is on fire, quench means you will put out, you will extinguish the fire. So your faith will extinguish the fire, right? It will extinguish the fire. But let me talk about, there are two types of fires. There's a demonic fire, there's a holy fire. Talk about the Holy Spirit, right? Holy Spirit has a fire. The Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Well, Becca, it says, quench not the Holy Spirit. Again, if you quench something, what are you doing? You're putting the fire out. So you have to understand, sometimes in our life as we go through and the Holy Spirit begins to burn, begin to speak. Oh, I don't know if I can do that, God. That's too big for me. Quench. The Holy Spirit is calling. No, don't do that. That is death unto you. Well, God, I want... I would ask for if forgiveness later. Quench. Quenching the fire. Now on the other side, the fiery darts. The fiery darts. Let's go to you can hold it you know, if you have an extra Bible, but anyway, we can go to first. Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to come back to Ephesians 6 here in a moment. But let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Look at verses uh, 18 through 24. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I'm going to start in verse 18. It says, In everything 
give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 19. Quench not the spirit. Despise not not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Here we go. Watch this. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Look. As believers, we have to be very mindful of the way things appear. We may have good intentions on things, but we have to be very mindful that, that, that we abstain from the appearance of evil. Verse 23, and it says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God, your whole spirit, soul, and body, be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth that that faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. And then I kind of jumped a little bit ahead of myself, but that word distinguish, right? It means to put out, to quench. Like when you quench something it means to uh, extinguish, right? So let's go back to Ephesians six. And we can go back to verse 16 again. So, again, it says, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, Remember, as we've been talking inside the Bible study, we talk about studying out the scriptures. About not reading scriptures just at surface level. Right? It is important that we properly study the word of God. So there in verse 16, when it says, Wherefore ye shall be able to quench all the all the fiery darts of the wicked. Can somebody tell me what an fiery dart is? Attacks from the enemy. Okay. Accusations. One more. Anybody else? What is a fiery dart? Huh? I'm sorry. Intrusive thoughts. Yes. Okay. Slander. Okay. So, fiery, when you look up in the Greek, for those that, you know, like on Bible so we've been talking about it, you can write it down. It's G4442. Just write down for your reference. G4442. Three fours and a two. This word fiery, watch this, means it to kindle to a night. But as you go on down, the part that really spoke right here, it says to be inflamed with anger, grief, and lust. Burn to be on fire. Watch this. Let me say it again. Fiery, up there in this text, means (laughs) to be inflamed with anger, grief, and lust. Now, very interesting. Now, as you back back up to verse 14, like I said, we're going to kind of walk it backwards. It says, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth. Now, I begin to dig into that a little bit. It says, have your loins girded with truth. So, you look back in the Bible times, men were what they call like a tunic. A tunic is pretty much like a robe. It had like a split like for them to walk, right? 
and a tunic. When a man get ready to go into war, it says, gird up your loins. Your loins. Right? What they would do, they would take one side and they would pull it up, take the other side and pull it up, and they would do some tie. So their legs are free and all of their organs is very secure. Any of your kids play football, they put on a jock strap. When they get out there running around, you have to be secure, right? But it said, gird up your loins. And I began to look back at what that fiery meant. To burn It says, to burn with anger, grief, or lust. So, what the Lord, what the Holy Spirit began to say to me, you, we as believers, we have to watch out for those fiery darts. You know, they say when an animal is in heat, you know, they want to like, and reproduce. Let's say that way, right? When a man and woman find themselves in that place, the Bible is saying, gird up your loins. Gird it up. Cover it up. Secure it. So what I really begin to hear, we have to watch when certain feelings come upon us that that the enemy is trying to pull us into sin. He said, gird up, because the fiery darts are coming. Let's see. Turn the blade. What is it? Anger, grief, and lust. Gird up your loins. Right? Gird them up. Because, and then it goes, and it all ties in together here. So in verse 14. Standing there for having your loins girded with truth. We have to be honest and be truthful. We got to walk in holiness, right? We can't live a life of compromise and expect God to bless us. Mm -hmm. Then it goes, then it says, having on the breastplate of righteousness. So gird up your loins and have on the breastplate. They write there in that same verse, right? Watch this. Then when it goes, the breastplate is there to guard your main organs. But the organ, that one organ that you can't do without, everything else you got to this, to that, that heart. That breastplate is to guard your heart. Watch this. From the fiery darts To be inflamed with anger, grief, and lust. These <laughs> you have to guard your heart. Because the enemy wants to shoot in when, when you let the breastplate of righteousness walking upright before God in righteousness, when you lay down that armor, your heart is exposed. To the fiery dart of anger, of grief, and of lust. Right? Hmm. Okay. Let me read this. Then we can kind of come back to this. We can come back to this. Let's go to Matthew chapter 12. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 12. Go down to verse 34. Again, right? We talk about the heart. Having the breastplate of righteousness. That breastplate that can quench, put out the fiery darts of anger. The fiery darts of grief. The fiery dark of lust. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 through 37, it says, O generation of vipers, 
How can ye being evil speak good things? What does it say? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So what is coming out of your heart that's coming out of your mouth? Anger? Grief? Lust? What's going on? What is it? What is it? What is coming out of your mouth? And then it says, uh, 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 um, then it goes forth to say, good treasure out of the heart, bring it forth and say, back up. Verse 35, a good man out of good treasures of the heart bring forth good things. And an evil man out of evil treasures bring forth evil things. But I say unto you that every outer word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by the words that thou shalt, for by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. So, if you find yourself in this place, it's very simple. Repentance. All of us have been there. Some of us are there right now. Well, uh, like nobody is exempt here. Nobody, none of us are exempt, right? But the thing is, we have to make a decision if we're going to stay in that spot or not, right? So he is faithful and just to forgive us if we ask him. Him. Allow him to cleanse us, to cleanse our hearts. Right? Repentance. Walking in righteousness. Put on that breastplate of righteousness and allow him to do the work. Listen, we cannot cleanse ourselves. I don't care how you try, how much you try. You can say, oh, I'm gonna stop doing this, I'm gonna stop cursing, I'm gonna stop. It's sleeping around, yeah. I'm going to resist it. I'm going to resist it now. No, 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 no. The Bible says, cling unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee. But, I want you to understand something. Just because you resist one time doesn't mean the enemy is just going to whew, flee away. Why do I say that? Let's look at the scriptures. Let's talk about the scriptures. When Jesus would finish his 40, when he was coming to the end of his 40 day of fasting, he was led of the Spirit. Do you understand that Christ was tempted several times going up that mountain? Well, when he was up there, Satan said, Turn these stones to bread. Jesus came back to word, Get ye behind. No, he spoke against it. Then he went a little farther. Then he went up to. Um, he said, if you, work, uh, you'll, if you throw yourself down this mountain, that he would give his angels charge over thee to keep you in all your ways. Jesus said, do not test the Lord thy God. And then, a third time he came. So you got to understand, the enemy gets kind of persistent, but you got to be persistent. You got to stand firm with the breastplate of righteousness the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We'll get to that next. Have on the breastplate of righteousness. We talk about your shun. Um, your feet shun with the preparation of the gospel. You have to keep the whole armor of God on. And just because you resist that one time, he may leave and he may not. Because it's like anything, if the enemy can get you wore down, and Here we go. Get back to that place. Rank and file. Boom, boom, boom. Then we have a thing called breaking ranks. When you are in a rank and file, you stand at attention. If you move or you step away without being instructed to, you broke ranks. You broke ranks. Because you move, you did think you did something without being released or instructed to. In our Christian walk, 
our commander-in-chief. Then we have the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, do it this way. So, in natural, our commander-in-chief is the and is the president of the United States. He's known as our commander-in-chief over the military. Then you have other people in there, but it goes when it hit like the, the military level, you have like a journal. So let's look at it this way. This, this is kind of coming to me. God is our commander-in-chief. Christ is maybe the the um, maybe the um, maybe the um, Department of Defense. Then the general, the Holy Spirit that's lived inside of us, they receive orders from the commander in chief down, and they come to the general, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will tell you and show you things to come. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will only speak those things that He hear, and He hearing from the Father to tell you, to give you instructions. The Bible says, I will guide you with my eyes to give you instructions. And when we are in a formation and we begin to operate outside of the orders that's given, we are breaking ranks. We are out of order. And when you break ranks, let's shift it to a combat zone. You got all these men out here on the battlefield, right? And one of them want to break ranks and go do what he thinks he wants to do without instructions. Enemy just pick them off just like that. So let's take it to our Christian walk. When we begin to operate outside of the instructions, outside of the boundaries, all of us have boundaries. When we get ready to, when, when we choose to step outside of the boundaries to break ranks, to get out here, we are walking in danger. Now, God's grace and mercy keep us. But at what point if we can go too far outside of those boundaries and you can say, okay, he's just turning you loose. Hmm? So it's very important, y'all, that we stay rank and foul. We listen to the instructions of what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4. I'm getting ready to bring, well, yeah. Proverbs chapter 4. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're going to Proverbs chapter 4. We look at, um, we'll start at verse 23. It says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the what? Issues of life. For out of the heart are the issues of life. And all of us got issues. I don't care how you want to, you got some issues going on. The issues of life. Those fiery darts. It's coming in. Those are the issues of life. Come out of your heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Verse 24. It says, Put away from thee a forward mouth, and preserve and perverse lips put afar from thee. Let thy eyes look right on, and let thy eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. We say, let all thy ways be established, right? 
The Bible tells us to lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Okay, here we go. Back in that rank and file again. He will direct your paths. Right? He will direct your paths. If you are in a combat, I'm telling you, if you lean out there to your own understanding, you will get in a very dangerous place. That's a natural combat, but as it is inside of the spirit realm. Verse 27, turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot. They say, remove thy foot from evil. So, it's that place of, we are here. This is what the Holy Spirit say, be. The enemy is bringing in those fiery darts. Yeah, I like him, I like her. You better hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. I'm telling you. You better hear what he's saying. Grief. That's one of those fiery darts. <laughs> That's one of them fiery darts. Grief. Something happened. It hits you. All right? Release it unto God. Release it unto him. Release it unto him. And allow him to heal you. But if there's a prolong, you prolong it, in your grief, you prolong it, you prolong it, something have made its way and struck your heart. Something else, something else, the enemy made a way if, you, if you're dragging in this grief, you're dragging in, you're living in it, and you just rehearse it over and over, I'm just going to sit right in my grief. And, and we get stuck there. Listen, it's time to rise up and rise above. And there's a work that God is calling us, is calling you, is calling each one of us to do. You're not here by accident. He, he's not wasting his breath in your lungs and calling you, your heart to beat and you to live in this earth for no reason. Hmm. Let's go to Go back to Ephesians 6. Got two more sections, then we'll wrap it up. Ephesians 6, the last one we read, verse 18. It says, I'll give you a moment, Ephesians chapter 6. Where you been? Go to verse 18. It says, Praying always with all prayer. And supplication in the spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now when it says praying always with all prayer and supplications in the spirit. And I know like when we talk praying in the spirit, you know, we're praying in the spirit, praying in the tongue. This is not what this section is actually talking. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's basically praying in harmony, praying in unison with what the Holy Spirit is speaking. So you may pray in tongues. You may pray, and if you pray in tongues, the Bible says, pray ye also that you interpret so that you have full understanding to what is going on. Right? So, it's a thing of praying in harmony and in unison with the Father. Praying in unison. Praying in agreement. You can ask what you want, but one of the key things in the scripture, when we pray according to his will. Some of us pray for things that we want, but we ain't sought him. God, is this what you want me to have? I want this house, I want that relationship, I want this car, I want this, I want, I want, I want, I want. I want. 
And then I don't get it, I'm upset. But God, you said you'd give me all the desires of my heart. You know what I'm saying? The Bible talks very much so about praying according to his will. God has great things for us. The things that God has for us is far beyond what we can even imagine. But it's not of us getting in his will. And the last set of scripture I want to leave, and I will leave you with this. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, we're going to look at verses, starting in verse 26. And it reads, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the what? The hearts. Knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to what? God's will. So it's so important that we get in a place that we will understand his will for our lives. I want this job. I want that. I want this. I want that. But that thing, that thing right there, you may get that job and meet somebody here, here, and it leads to your destruction. Right? So it's important. It's important. Okay. Um, 27. And he that searches through heart knoweth what is in the mind of the spirit because he make an intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. Verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of the Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestine, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. And the last verse here, verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I want you to, I'm just leaving you right there with that. Understand that God is for you. There may be things that you may not understand why this happened, why that happened, why you go this way, why you go that way. Understand that God is for you. And if you surrender yourself unto him, Allow the Holy Spirit to speak into you because he's for you. He's for you. He got good things for you. But it's important. Sometimes we want stuff that's not good for us. We want stuff that's not good for us. Can everybody stand with me, please? As we get ready to close out for today, I want you to be encouraged in the place that you are right now. God knows exactly where you are. And guess what? Despite the lie of the enemy telling you that God don't love you, he's not there for That's a lie. Because you know why? You still got breath in your body. You still got breath in your body. God has great things for you. He has greatness inside of you. 
but you have to identify with who he is in you and find that resting place in him. So I want to really encourage you. Take the, take the men and these dog tags, just put it someplace so you can see it. And just let it be a reminder that you have to fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Do not allow life to get you distracted. Because God is for you. Amen.